when we consider the challenges and the struggles we're dealing with, all the different prayer cards that were filled out this week, Lord, they all represent different needs that folks have. And, and there are needs in this room, these, the folks joining us online. But when we compare that to how great and powerful and awesome and loving you are, we see, Lord, that there is no competition. So I pray, Father, for every need. I'm holding every need in this room, every need joining us online. I pray that you would be the God who heals, the God that restores, the God that provides. Lord, would you meet every need? I also pray, Father, that you would speak to us through your word and you would change our hearts start with mine. We want to leave it the same we got here. So make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're doing one of my favorite things. We're going to dedicate some babies. So I'm going to, invest, I'm going to invite the parents of Azrael Rodriguez and the, the witnesses to come on up. You guys can just stand right here. I'm also going to ask the parents and witnesses for Nicolas Monroe Flores and Nyla Ray Flores to come on up. Some of you just said Flores, that's Angel's name. Yeah, these are my nephews. Really excited to dedicate both of their babies today on the same day. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's just that. <laughs> Look at these guys all decked out. Look at this guy in his suit, shiny shoes. My feet hurt just looking at those shoes. <laughs> so uh, the Bible says in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and with men. So that's what we're going to pray over these, uh, these babies today, that they would grow in wisdom, they would uh, be at the top of their class, they would do well in school, that they would grow in stature, they would be healthy and sickness would be far from them, that they would have favor with men, meaning that they would have good friends that would surround them and help them, and that more than anything, they would have a strong relationship with God. And so uh, there is incredible power in the words we speak over our children. Uh, those things can either unleash blessings in their life or curses. We can, if you tell a kid enough times he's stupid, he's going to start to believe he's stupid. But if you tell him that you love him and that God, God has good things for him and that you're proud of him, he's going to rise to those things too. So we're going to pray a blessing over these babies, the same one that would have been prayed over Jesus when he was eight days old. And so I'm going to invite all of the parents and the witnesses to just extend their hand to the baby, uh, both babies. All of you, would you pray this blessing over these babies? Uh, you're just going to repeat after me. If your kids are near you, would you put one hand on them? Or we're going to pray this over your kids also. So would you just bow your head and close your eyes and repeat after me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Lord, we dedicate these beautiful babies to the Lord back to you. Thank you for blessing us and entrusting us with them. I pray that they would grow in wisdom, that they would be, uh, that they would be at the top of their class, they would excel in school. I pray that they would grow in stature, that they would be healthy and, and they would grow and that they would, sickness and disease would stay far from them. I pray that you would give them favor with good friends, Lord, and they would be surrounded by good positive friends. But more than any of that, Lord, we pray that they would have a strong relationship with you. Thank you for these babies and all of the kids in our lives. Give us wisdom on how to uh, lead them and how to raise them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. Would you give the Lord a clap offering for all these beautiful babies? Thanks, guys.
He doesn't want to leave. He wants the microphone. <laughs> so we've been talking about, um, we've been in this series now, One Step, and, and we've been talking about taking one step in your journey with God and your walk with Christ. And, and we talked about baptism, and, and last week we talked about prayer. By the way, thanks everybody who came out for prayer this week. We had the highest record number of folks that came out throughout the week and prayed. So thank you guys all for doing that. Um, now we're going we're gonna to talk about something now today that's a little more theoretical, and, uh, and so it's not going to be as simple as just, as just picking up your Bible and reading it or, or praying. Uh, we're going to hopefully stretch your mentality a little bit about what it is that God wants for you. And so that's the step I'm hoping you'll take, is that you'll begin to understand in a bigger, better way what God wants for you. So we're going to look at kind of an obscure passage in the book of First Chronicles, uh, chapter 4. And we're going to look at something called the prayer of Jabez. Now, Bruce Wilkinson, an author, wrote a really popular book about this prayer in the year 2000. And we meet Jabez in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It's the only mention of him in the entire Bible. Two verses, 64 words tell his entire life story. And this is how we meet him. The first introduction we get to him says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, this scripture is kind of dropped into a long line of genealogy, this long list of genealogy. Uh, the first cha nine chapters of First Chronicles are actually the story of the, from Adam in the Garden of Eden through 500 different names and thousands of years of genealogy, this Jewish family tree. And so right in the middle of it, we meet Jabez. And it's almost like the writer, when he writes Jabez's name, he says, I got to tell you a little bit about, about this guy. And he tells us this story, and then the, the genealogy just kind of continues, and, and it goes like it was going. And so, uh, so Jabez has an incredible story. And let me share with you uh, real quick before we get into his story, the makings of a great story. So I'm going to share with you, I, I used to teach this at Ames in communication, in an interpersonal communication class there. And uh, you'll see this pattern in a lot of Hollywood movies. An author named Donald Miller actually identified this and wrote this out. But this is the pattern that we're going to look at. We have a character who has a problem, who meets a guide, who helps them and prepares them for a battle, and they win that battle, and everybody's happy. Okay? So uh, let, me, let me plug in some familiar characters that might help you see this a little clearer. So in Star Wars, uh, we meet this character, Luke Skywalker, and he has a problem. Darth Vader is building a Death Star. So he meets a guide named Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he teaches him and gets him ready, starts training him to be a Jedi. He gets him ready for this battle where they destroy the Death Star, and they win, and everybody gets a medal except Chewbacca. All right? So, so you see that pattern. Character has a problem. He meets a guide. He has, fights a battle, and he wins. All right? Let's, let's look at another one. Uh, Rocky Balboa. All right? So we meet him. He's kind of this down-and-out, busted-up fighter. He has a problem. Apollo Creed wants to fight him for the heavyweight championship of the world. So he reconnects with his guide, Mickey, his trainer, who gets him ready. And then he goes to battle, and he actually fights Apollo. It takes two movies, but he finally wins the heavyweight championship of the world. All right? Yo, Adrian, I did it. Okay? And I know some of you are like, those are old movies. I wasn't even born. Okay, let me, let me do another one. All right? This is Mirabel. Okay? Encanto. This, we meet her, she has a problem. The house is losing its magic. So she meets a guide, her uncle Bruno, 
and we don't talk about Bruno, all right? And he helps prepare her for the battle, and they end up getting the magic back, and the house is saved, all right? So we see this pattern over and over, and, but Hollywood didn't come up with this. George Lucas, Disney, they didn't come up with this. We actually see it in the Bible, and we see it in Jabez's life. So let's start out with his story. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So let's kind of break that down. If we were going through that story progression, we have a character. His name's Jabez. And his problem is his name means pain. Now, in the Bible, names are really important because they indicated what kind of person you were or you were going to become. Abraham's name means father of nations, right? Father of many. Jacob's name means liar. And so it's really important when someone, uh, the, the, a person's name in the Bible is really important. And sometimes God would change someone's name to show that they had had this incredible transformation and encounter with God. Jacob's name is changed to Israel, which means um, struggled or wrestled with God. Uh, Jesus meets a guy named Simon, whose name means one who hears, or it also means person with flat nose. Sorry, Simon. Um, but Jesus changes his name to Peter, which means rock, and he says, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. So biblical names are very significant, and Jabez's name is pain. Could you imagine, like, here comes the pain, right? Oh, look who just got here. Pain, right? Some of you thought of someone right now. You're like, yeah, that little kid, man, he's a pain, right? So, so he, he's kind of marked... There used to be this, this, um, this comic strip in newspapers, the Sunday paper. Um, hold on. Newspapers were these large sheets of paper that we would, that we would uh, read the news on. They would deliver it to your house. Okay, anyway. And there was this strip called The Born Loser. Does anybody remember that? Anything he tried, anything he did, it would fail. And he, he was a born loser. Jabez, with a name like Jabez, was marked as a born loser loser. And so his only crime was that he was born and he caused his mom a great deal of pain. But I like Jabez because he is us and we are him. Because we were also born into a world of pain. Because of the sin in the world, the sin in our own hearts, we are also born losers. And so, and we're really good at making a mess of things and causing pain to the people around us. But Jabez doesn't stay that way. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. And I think it's because of what he did next. Chronicles says Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. So, so Jabez's storyline would be he has a problem and he meets a guide. And his guide is God. And Jabez is teaching us something. He's teaching us to sometimes you've got to cry out to God. Humble ourselves Admit we can't do it on our own. Admit that we need help and ask God for help. So now it's time for Jabez's battle. And here's his battle. Jabez prays a bold prayer. This is that prayer. This is the prayer of Jabez. Look, at, it's, I, I tried to fix this between services and I couldn't. For some reason in my slide it says Jabez, Jabez. I'm not stuttering. It's not like your kids, right? Jabez, Jabez. All right, it's not like that, okay? I just, it's just I made a mistake on my slide, so... Um, forgive me. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Jabez cried out to the Lord, uh, to the God of Israel. 
Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so I will be free from pain. This is the prayer of Jabez. Simple prayer, 29 words in total, but it's full of bold requests. So let's break it down. The first line is, oh, that you would bless me. Now, if I'm honest, when I read this, this made me a little uncomfortable because in the last 40 years or so, there's been a very popular movement in Christianity called the Word of Faith Movement or the Name It and Claim It Movement. And basically what that movement teaches is that if you, if you do your part in your relationship with God, God's going to make you rich and he's never going to let you get sick. And so I want to be very clear, this is not a Word of Faith declaration, okay? When, when Jabez prays this, that you would bless me, he's not saying, God, I want a fleet of pink Cadillacs and a private jet. I want bottle service at the club. I want everybody to know who I am. He's not praying that. What he's praying is he's saying, God, just give me everything you have for me. That's it. So whatever, God, you have me, just bless me with whatever you have for me. I want everything you have for me. I'm asking for everything you have for me. That's all I want for, my, for myself. That's all I want for my wife. Uh, everything that God has for us. And that's all I want for every one of you. That, that God would give you everything he has for you. Every opportunity. Every blessing. Every day of good health. And so in, in, in biblical terms, a blessing, this is what Bruce Wilkinson says, biblical blessing means to impart supernatural favor. So the key is we're not asking God to do something for us that we could do for ourselves. God is not some helicopter parent taking our math tests for us, wiping our noses, and cleaning our rooms, okay? That's stuff we can do for ourselves. So instead, what we're doing is we're asking the all-powerful God of the universe that loves us, and we're saying, God, we are asking for the goodness and blessing that only you have the power to give us. And then we're going to leave it up to him to decide exactly what that is. Because he knows best what we need and what we can and can't handle. All right? So uh, look what Jesus says about this same subject. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So this is an if-then statement. If you do this then I'm going to do this. If you ask, then I'm going to give it to you. If you seek, then you will find. If you knock, then I'm going to open the door. But there's something implied here also. If you don't ask, I won't give it. If you don't seek, you're not going to find it. And if you don't knock, the door will not be open. So Jabez is asking, and he's saying, Lord, give me everything you have for me. Then he continues. Oh, that you would bless me, and enlarge my territory. Now, he's not asking for a bigger lot for his house, all right? He's not asking for more square footage in his real estate. What he's asking for is more influence so that he can make a greater impact for God. So that's what he's asking for. If you've ever looked around and said, there's got to be more to life than this, then this is the prayer for you. He's saying, uh, uh, let, me, let me give you another way to say it. Lord, would you grow everything that you've entrusted to me. Everything you've given me, Lord, would you teach me how and help me to grow it? The, the, the key to this is the blessing 
in your life that God is going to give you is not just for you. If it's only for you, then God just has to give you enough to take care of you. But Jabez isn't praying that. He wants more influence so he can make a bigger impact. Let me, let me illustrate this. It can't just be about you. It can never be just about you. Imagine that this was your bucket, all right? And, and I wanted to give you some water, all right? And this represents influence or, or whatever it is that you're praying for. Okay, uh, this, this would hold maybe half a gallon, all right? So, so if, if, I, if I filled your bucket with half a gallon and you're standing there holding it and I wanted to give you more and I kept giving you more, it would be wasted because it would fall down on the ground and it would be gone, right? You, you have no capacity or room for more. And so if I, th- basically this bucket, if all we're going to do is live a, a bucket life where it's all about gathering enough for me, then this bucket is kind of a dead end, right? When I give you enough for you, that's all you need. But this is a pipe, and it has a completely different purpose. It's designed to transport. It's not designed to keep something in one place. It's about moving it and distributing it and sharing it. Now, you could do this with the bucket, too. It would just take a lot longer. It's not as efficient. And so if, if, I, wanted to, if I wanted to share water through this pipe, could I put a half a gallon of bucket, um, a half gallon of water through this pipe? Easy, right? Could I put a hundred gallons of water through this pipe? Yeah, it'd take a little bit of time, but could I put a million gallons of water through this pipe? Yes, eventually. There's no limit to the amount of water I could put through this pipe, and I could distribute it, and I would just point it here and there, and eventually it would get everywhere that God wants it to get. I'm preaching right now. You're not paying attention if you are. Okay, anyway, so... If you were God and you wanted to get more resources to this church or to an orphanage or to people in need, who would you give it to? Would you give it to this guy who's going to hoard it as much as he can? Would you give it to this guy who's going to share it and impact other people? That's part of that prayer. When he says, enlarge my territory, he's saying, I want to be a blessing to other people. I want to be a blessing to people who need help. If Jabez was a contractor, he would say, Lord, give me more contracts so that I can increase my influence and be a greater blessing. If he was a realtor, he would say, Lord, give me more houses to sell. If he was a banker, he'd say, Lord, help me to make more loans so that I can be a greater impact to the kingdom. Your business, what you do is your territory. And asking God to expand your territory is not just okay, it's biblical. Jabez is doing it. God expects us to do it. Let's keep going. The next thing he says is, let your hand be with me. Now it's interesting that this is the third thing he asks. But if he would have put it at the beginning, he didn't need it at the beginning because he could manage everything he already had on his own. He doesn't really need God's help in the beginning. But once God starts to enlarge his territory and bless him, his influence, his opportunities, now he needs God's help. You've probably heard the term, the hand of the Lord. It's a, it refers to the power and presence of God in our lives. So it's the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And we see this reference in the book of Acts. Look at the purpose of the hand of the Lord in the book of Acts. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Do you see that? God was with them for the purpose of 
helping more people believe and turn to the Lord. If Jabez wasn't attempting to grow or expand, he doesn't really need any more help because he can handle what he's got. But as soon as he starts to expand, this is how Bruce Wilkinson says it. He says, as God's sons and daughters, we're expected to attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. We're going to fall on our face and fail unless God steps in. I think that this scripture exists. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers because of this one, because he prayed, Lord, let your hand be with me. Let me finish the prayer. The last thing he prays. And keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Several other translations say keep me from evil or keep evil far from me. Why would Jabez need to pray that? Here's why. When God starts to bless you and enlarge your territory, every inch that your territory grows is an inch of territory that the enemy is losing. And he hates losing and giving up territory. So every time your kids start to pray, every time you start to read your Bible, every time your family starts to put God first in your finances, every time your marriage starts getting back together, every time God enlarges your territory and your influence, the enemy sends all of the forces of hell to stop you and to discourage you. That's why Jabez says, now God, keep evil and keep the enemy far from me, far from my territory, far from my resources, far from everything I've got because I don't want to lose what you're giving me as I'm expanding. He's saying, keep the enemy away from everything I have. Jesus teaches us at the end of the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us to pray this. He says, pray like this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, don't even let us get close to temptation or to evil. Keep it far from me. Let's finish Jabez's story. Is it okay to pray like this? Is it okay to ask God to bless us? Well, let's ask God that. Jabez, 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 first and last name. <laughs> Cried out to the Lord God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so I'll be free from pain. And God granted his request. God did it. God gave him what he was asking for. And God is still honoring and encouraging us to pray bold prayers. So in 2014, this church used to meet on the third floor of the Jerome building downtown. And now that building is really nice. There's a Wells Fargo in it, and there's a Aunt Helen's Coffee. It's right on the corner of 8th and 8th. Uh, but when we were there, it was the exact opposite of nice. You know what I mean? And so our cleaning lady one time came in all freaked out because she was in, the, in the, uh, the stairwell, and she found a man naked in there. So it's not what you expect to find when you're going to get your, your paper towels and stuff. So it was rough. And anyway, we were there, and we were paying $3,500 a month in rent. And our, our attendance in the English service was about 120. Our attendance in the Spanish service was about 140. And so the church has grown uh, about three times larger since then. But anyway, um, during that time, our landlord, who had become good friends with, he passed away. And his partner called us. And he said, uh, we just reviewed all the rents, and we're raising, we need to raise your rent from $3,500 a month to $7,000. And um, I almost had the big one, you know what I mean? And so we, we said, okay. Um, so we went to the church, and I said, guys, it's over. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Uh, some of you were there. And I, I said, we need to 
we need to drop anchor. We need to drop a permanent anchor in this community. We, it's time for us to buy our own building. And so we, we're going to drop a permanent anchor. So we did a capital campaign called Drop Anchor. And basically, we had about 50 families in the church total. And so we prayed a very bold prayer. We said, Lord, I pray that you would give each family over the next 90 days an extra $2,000 that they didn't expect. And, and then I told the church, I said, this is what I'm praying for you. So when you get that $2,000, don't be like, let's go to Blackhawk. You know what I mean? I said, recognize what it is and pass it along to the church. And if everybody does that, we could raise $100,000 in 90 days, which was about half of our entire annual budget at that time. And so, um, we, so we started, we did it. A bunch of people agreed. Uh, we, we said, we're dropping anchor. We gave everybody a bunch of these little anchor keychains. We had a big anchor on the wall. These used to get caught in people's pants and rip their pants all the time. And I, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, so, um, so we, during that 90 days, I started getting phone calls. Uh, we, we had a lady call us and she says, hey, uh, you're not going to believe this but the IRS just wrote me a letter that they made a mistake on our taxes and they sent us a check for $2,000. And I was like, that never happens. And then we had a, a single mom. She called us and she says, my, my van got rear-ended and it didn't really hurt the van, but they're giving me $2,000. I have the check right now and if you don't tell me where you're at, I'm going to spend it. I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> I said, Annie, I'm on my way. <laughs> And story after story like that. We didn't raise $100,000. We raised $126,000 in 90 days. About halfway through that 90 days, a realtor called me who's a friend of mine, and he says, the Carmack Theater over uh, off of Highway 34, I had prayed, and I said, God, I feel like you're going to put us between the mall and Home Depot, somewhere in that window. And so I, this guy, it was, this was... Now it's gone, but it was right next to the, the uh, Texas Roadhouse and, and Georgia Boys Barbecue. And um, so he says, this, this theater is being sold. It's 18,000 square feet, sits on half an acre. And uh, a, a, a chain of hotels is buying the theater. They don't need the theater. They just need the land in front. So they might be willing to sell you the theater. And I said, okay, cool, let's talk. And he says, by the way, the guy has a weird name. Um, his name is Anchor. And I was like, oh, man gave me goosebumps. This has got to be it. This has got to be God. A couple weeks later, I get invited to speak at a college, and uh, I was, they were going to fly me to Odessa, Texas. And guess where Anchor's office was located? Odessa, Texas, right? So I was like, this has got to be it. This has got to be God. I mean, this is some, Diane and I flew to Texas, and uh, we, we went, and I asked, asked if I could meet with him. Uh, he couldn't meet. He was out of town, but his brother met, and uh, we we made a handshake deal. If, if the city will go for it, we'll buy this, this theater, 18,000 square feet, and uh, you know, we'll share the parking lot. That was the plan. And so I would go over there about every day, watching movies, just so I could walk around. I'd be opening doors, looking in, they're like, can I help you? No, I'm just looking for the restroom. Um, and I was praying, like, God, this is our kids' church. This is, where our, this is our auditorium. This is our, our kid, you know, our, this is our nursery, and, and I, this is the restrooms, obviously. And I was just praying for everything. And two weeks later, I was driving down 23rd, and uh, Darpin called me, and he said, the city said, no, we've got to knock the building down. And I said, no way, that cannot be. I mean, the whole anchor thing, and this just seems so perfectly aligned. And so I went over there at 6 o'clock the next morning, and I walked around the building praying. And I walked around it seven times like the walls of Jericho. 
I don't know if you've ever read that story. Uh, the walls come anyway. So I didn't think about that. So, and I'm, I'm standing there, 6 o'clock in the morning. I have my hands on the building, and I'm praying. And I, very, I heard God say, this isn't it. This isn't the building. And I started crying. And I said, God, how can this be? Like the whole anchor thing, and it feels so right. It feels so perfect. We can afford it and all that. And um, I sat out in the parking lot the day they knocked it down. I sat there, I took that picture, and I cried. I bet they were like, this guy must love movies. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I walked over, and I grabbed a brick, and I held it in my hand, and I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know one day when we land in our permanent location, I'm going to hold this brick in my hand, and I'm going to preach a message called, When God Says No, He Has a Better Yes. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from my friend Aaron Chambers at Journey Christian Church. And he said, you know that building Crossroads? Uh, and we had, I had looked at this many times. I tried to make moves on it. They wouldn't call me back. He says, you know that building? Uh, that church is closing. And uh, they're going to give us the building. Would you be interested in it? I said, oh, let me think about it. Yeah, I think that might work out. Um, and we were getting ready to move. We were actually packing stuff up at the church and getting ready to move. And one of our guitar players, Matty Cash, he tells me, what street is the, the new church on? And I said, it's on 20, 23rd Avenue. And he goes, what's the cross street? And I said, I don't know, I think it's like 34th. It wasn't. It's Anchor Drive. That's how we got into this building. And I want you to know, God is still answering bold prayers. He still, he wants us to come to him and pray bold things. And he wants us to stretch beyond. He wants us to pray to expand our territory because he does want to bless us. He is a good God that wants to bless his kids. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray the prayer of Jabez as a church, corporately and individually. I want you to pray this for your own family, over your own life, over your own business, over your own territory. And then we're going to pray this corporately because I feel so strongly, we're just getting started here. I feel like God has so much more He wants us to do. I, have so, I feel like He has so much more He wants to bless us with. And I feel like He wants us to expand and enlarge. And in order for that to happen, we need His hand with us and we need Him to keep the enemy far away. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, uh, individually, as households and as people, and corporately, we pray that you would bless us. We pray, Father, we just, we're not asking for extravagance. We're asking just for everything you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would enlarge our territory, that you would expand our influence, that you would help us to expand so that we can be a greater influence and, and make greater impact for you. We pray that your hand would be with us, Lord. I pray that Mosaic Church and the people of Mosaic would be marked as people whose power and presence, that, that the Lord's power and presence is with us everywhere we go. And we pray, Lord, that you would keep the enemy far from us, that the enemy would, would be far away from what God is doing and what God is expanding and growing in the people of Mosaic Church. Thank you, God, for your goodness. We know you hear us. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It was a good message today, right? Very, very emotional. You know, as Angel was talking today, he was talking about asking for God's blessing. And the biggest 
blessing that God has given us is His Son, Jesus. And so when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's the biggest blessing that we can give. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that today. And so this is a private moment between you and God. So we're not going to ask anyone to raise their hands or come up to the front, but we're going to just say a simple prayer. And there's nothing magical about these words, but it's actually the attitude of your heart behind them. And so if everyone could just close their eyes and bow their heads and repeat after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sins. I trust him as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In the name of Jesus, amen. For those of you that said that prayer for the first time, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so happy. It is a new step in in your walk. And so if you said that prayer, if you would just take out your smartphone and just scan this QR code that's up on the screen, we just want to be able to send out a gift to you in the mail just to help you on your salvation journey. And also, if this is your first time with us here, we want to say welcome to Mosaic. We're so happy that you take, took the time to join us today. If you could also take out your smartphone and scan that QR code, we just want to fill, um, send you something in the mail just telling you a little bit more about our church and how you can get involved. If you're not into technology, you can also fill out a card at the info table, both for salvation and for your first-time visitor. And so with that, we just have a couple quick announcements. On January 27th, that is a Friday night at 7 p.m., we are going to be having a worship night here at the church. Woo-hoo! How many of you think that we have the best worship team here? Woo-hoo! I'm a little biased because Benji is my husband, but I think it is an amazing time that we have in praise and worship here. And so sometimes in service, you know, we're limited to the amount of time that we are able to just spend praising and worshiping God. So this is a time that we can just have full access to to just praise and worship Him. And so it's going to be a great time. Make plans to come out Friday, January 27th, 7 p.m. Also, we are starting connect groups. That's one of my favorite times of the year. So we are going to be having a connect group host training. And so if there's a certain area that you feel called to, that uh, area of interest that you have, and you say, hey, I can lead a connect group in this, give it a try. Come out to our training. So if you want to be a host of a connect group, you can sign up for that out at the info table uh, right after service. Now with that, we're going to continue in our worship with our giving. You know, here at Mosaic, we love to give. And so if you've been in our Discover class, you know that we as a church, we give 10% of every offering that comes in to missions. So basically we're saying, you know, whatever comes in, 10% of that, we're going to sow into something else, whether it be locally, whether it be nationally or internationally, because we are a generous church and we want to be a conduit, just like Angel talked about, a conduit of giving, 
a conduit of generosity. And so we just encourage you, we're only to, able to give because you are a generous people and you're able to give. And so we want to continue to do that. And so if you want to give today, there's four ways you can give. You can give in person. There's a little black box out in the foyer. You can put your offering there. You can give online at greedymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. Let's just pray over this morning's tithe and offering. Dear God, I just thank you for each and every person that's here in this place, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them, that you would expand their territory, Father God, that you would use their giving, Lord God, that we could make a difference in Greeley, in Colorado, in this nation, and in this world, Lord God. Use us, Lord God. Expand our territory. We love you today. In your name we pray. Amen. We love you, Mosaic. You have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week.